0: well hello everyone and welcome to the packaging brothers podcast brandon frank here our guest today is brandon witty from sightline systems which is a fascinating company it's been around for about 15 years it deals in data collection analysis artificial intelligence and really the optimization of manufacturing production shipping logistics just a really cool company so brandon's here to talk with us more about SightLine and I uh, hope you guys enjoy the episode. Here we go. Well, hey, Brandon, welcome to the Packaging Brothers podcast. No, oh, thanks for having me. So I'm really excited to learn about SightLine Systems and everything that you guys got going on over there. Do you, mind, do you mind just kind of starting with maybe a general introduction of what
1: SightLine is, what it does, what its future kind of holds? Sure. SightLine Systems, is, uh, we're a software company based in uh, Fairfax, Virginia, and have had a, a pretty colorful history. Um, the company first started doing data performance monitoring collection for mainframe environments. So folks had big systems running on mainframe computers and needed a way of predicting the capacity and doing all of that kind of stuff. and. The platform evolved over the years in other IT areas doing uh, data collection for data centers and things like that. And I guess about 15 years ago, uh, I was on a trip in Japan, and one of our customers there said, you know, what you've got would be great for our manufacturing plant. Hmm. And uh, at the time, it was a division of Panasonic, they were making um, appliances and were struggling with uh, getting to the bottom of problems when they occurred. They were having um, issues with, um, in in this case, it was a furnace and trying to understand what was causing the 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 issues. And at the time, it was accessing the information about what was going on and trying to to figure out was just a, a day's process. And uh, with Sightline, we were able to, to go in and, and collect the data in real time and give them an, an easy to use way of, of seeing what was happening. And it, that's kind of how our journey into uh, manufacturing started was just by accident yeah, in Japan.
0: Yeah. That doesn't happen a whole lot when a potential customer sees a solution and says, Hey, I think this could work. This could help us out.
1: Yeah. And it was, it it was a lot of fun because at the time we we knew nothing about the manufacturing space. Um, we know data real well and collecting time series information, but learning about how a, a furnace worked and circulation fans and dampers and temperature, it was pretty cool. And, um, they were able to uh, to really run with the solution and did some pretty cool um, case studies. Uh, we did some uh, work with Toyota in a paint factory, hmm. and it was just you know things that I never would have thought you could you could solve with data. And uh, is really kind of where we are today is is trying to help folks. You know, it doesn't have to be this uh, you know super fancy data scientist kind of thing. There's there's a lot you can do with, um, even just a little bit of stuff. So,
0: yeah. How does it actually work? I, I mean, just on a really basic kind of, kind of level, how do you collect the data? How does the system
1: actually kind of work, especially as it relates to like packaging and manufacturing? Right. So, um, we've tried to keep things. I, I like to think of us as kind of like that, uh, that monitor. So we try to tie into the, either the PLCs or, ICS system that might be running we've got a bunch of connectors so we can collect data using things like opc or mqtt and pull the data in near real time so the the tags or whatever might be defined in the processes we can plug right in some customers even just send us a a csv file that their uh, processes pump out so and then we take that data and as it's coming in it's kind of where the whole journey starts. We um, we provide customers with a way of creating rules. So you can check the data as it's coming in. Are things within the right tolerance? Are things getting too hot or too cold and creating alerts? We provide a way of calculating other things. So if you need to look at a a ratio between pieces, you can do that. And then we store it so that you you can access it and look at it over time. You know, it's a great way to uh to figure out where you're trying to go if you know where you've been. And a lot of times making the machines run better, it's it's a lot easier when you can see how they've been running and using that information to fine tune the processes as you move forward. So we provide a super easy way to store the data and then a a tool for creating, you know, pretty graphs and you know, digging through and looking for um insight into how the process is running
0: that's great how do you how do you use ai to kind of optimize um either the gathering of information or the processing how does that work
1: so one of the things we use is correlation so we are very heavy in time series data so you know basically fancy way of saying every 10 seconds or every one second or every 100 milliseconds, we're getting observations of what's going on and capturing that data over time. And on the AI side, we found that using correlation algorithms um, is a great way of finding similarities or patterns in the data. So a super easy one is like, imagine you've got, uh, you're monitoring a, a fill tank and it needs to stay between 70 and 80 percent full if it falls low we can create an alarm and when we create the alarm we use correlation to look at other data that's been collected to see if it follows the same trend so if something was falling or the value was getting lower is there are there other pieces of data that follow the same pattern and using correlation algorithms we can scan through tons of data looking for you know that kind of needle in the haystack which you know might say I can find the cause of that problem because it's it's following a similar pattern. Hmm.
0: And I'm guessing there's also a potentially like predictive element to it. So maybe when things start to go off a little or you know the data or the AI can I kind of be able to predict potential fixes or
1: potential solutions or maybe preventing problems. Yeah, so one of the things we use is we call it behavioral alerts. So using the data that we've collected, we try and predict what might happen, you know, tomorrow or next week, next month. And then we use that prediction or predictive data to compare to what's actually happening. So if we expect things to be running at you know seventy percent, or if a temperature is supposed to be within a particular range, we first make a prediction and then we compare that to what's really happening to see if something's you know potentially not right, which can tend to help with uh, maintenance. You know if things need to be done. A lot of times there's you know bearings inside of a particular part that aren't easy to get to and knowing when you need to do those that maintenance work is can really save on uh you know downtime and and things like that yeah i'm just kind of curious but of kind of the manufacturing
0: just here in the us how many are using systems either yours or like yours to optimize production
1: it's across the gambit and it's interesting because a lot of folks believe that you know it's there's just a magic button you can push and it's going to magically tell you what's wrong and there's a fair number of the large manufacturers have got innovation teams and in, in-house that are working on their algorithms but it's pretty surprising one of the things that we've found is in many cases the manufacturing space is each factory is kind of their own little Kingdom or fiefdom. So they kind of control what's going on in their world. And sometimes it's not shared across the organization for what the benefits might be. So the plant manager, in many cases, might control what's going on. And in many cases, the technology is quite dated. Hmm. So it makes doing some of these things a bit challenging, especially if you don't have the sensors in place to collect the measurements.
0: Hmm. Have you come across any kind of situations where the data has been able to be shared with other members kind of of the supply chain or value chain that has been able to kind of helped either improve production times or prevent issues or inventory levels or something like that?
1: That's a, it's a great question. And we're doing a lot of work in aquaculture and i know it's it's not packaging but we're hopeful that some of the algorithms because a lot of this folks are holding in as as a competitive advantage if you will yeah but um particularly in aquaculture we're hopeful that we can create this uh, sharing environment because there's an environmental side to this where if they work together we can you know help keep the oceans clean and and also the sustainability of the, the of the farm raised fish is a huge benefit, but they all really need to work together. I,
0: I was going to ask you what
1: aquaculture
0: is, but it sounds like it's farming of fish and other things in the ocean. Is that is that right?
1: Yeah, and shrimp and and all that good stuff. So yeah, there's like there's a packaging side to it on the processing. So you know after they've raised it, they obviously need to uh, package it and all that good stuff. Yeah. Speaking of kind of environmental concerns and sustainability,
0: are you seeing that space or that motive as being one of the drivers for
1: your technology or potential solutions for it? It's a potential solution as folks are looking more at trying to comply with mandates on, you know, green processing reduction. We were, uh, we've actually been working with um, a company that has to reduce their CO2 emissions. So Mm. It's watching the system for leaks in their pressure uh, pieces so that it's not uh, expelling into the environment. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of potential. Oh, that's great. Are there
0: other ways in which Sightline can be used to improve the sustainability
1: of packaging manufacturing? Yeah, I think it's all about finding that optimal, the optimal settings and making sure that it's being it's repeatable and that things are staying within compliance so there's there's a lot of opportunity whether it's on the filling side of of the equation or in the shrink wrapping or palletizing there's a lot of different steps in the you know packaging process and a lot of opportunity to make sure that things are being done optimally and that you know is staying at the uh, objective levels, that's cool.
0: Who's your ideal customer, or who do you think either packaging space or
1: manufacturing would most benefit from Sightline? So, what we've been trying to focus on is the smaller players, where they don't have the the ability to invest in the technology. Things may be a little behind the times, and you know, looking to make that change. It's a lot of fun working with someone on that data journey. Mm-hmm. So helping them from the, you know, let's start seeing what's going on. Can we generate proper, you know, availability reports, for example, how much uptime or downtime? So, you know, the small to mid-sized players are, are great targets for us. And we've had a lot of success there. Uh, can I ask just to, just to
0: qualify that maybe a little bit more? Like what, like what would you deem a small or
1: medium-sized player? So we've been focusing on you know companies in the $200, $500 million range, maybe have four or five facilities. We've got a great customer down in the Carolinas, Renwood Mills, which is a, um, a flour mill mm. and a packager. Oh, that's great. Perfect.
0: Can I ask a little bit about you? How did you get into this industry? What's your background?
1: My background is tact. I used to code COBOL on uh <laughs> Banking systems. Actually, I um, oh wow, I wrote the stuff that does your uh, credit bureau polls for a bunch of the big banks, and grew up through. Then was helping with outsourcing projects, so helping companies redo their tech department and operations, and was in the right place at the right time. About you know, how long ago was it? Fifteen years ago, and found this this company, Sightline, that had just been. Uh, purchased and uh, they were looking for an operator and it was just a great fit. So it's been a lot of fun. Hmm.
0: Now I heard we actually talked about this a little bit, but you are a former triathlete I am (laughs) and triathletes tend to be pretty focused on data. (laughs) Were you that kind of athlete as well? Did you focus in a lot on the metrics and TSS scores and everything else there? All of
1: that and my uh, average heart rates and uh, how fast and slow and I was uh, used to uh, record uh, even my uh, swim. So, yeah, that was probably the one thing that I was obsessed with. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I don't know what it is about the sport, but it seems like. You're definitely in the right industry <laughs> The focus on data and try to find little ways to make things a little bit faster, a little bit more efficient.
1: It seems like the world of, you know, triathlons are kind of like that too. Yeah, no, and you know, I've always been a problem solver, so I love the the challenge of trying to, you know, solve a problem, get to the bottom of what's going on, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah.
0: As the world kind of shifts into, I don't know, Web3 and the blockchain and all of that, do you see much potential or change for Sightline to adopt some of those technologies?
1: Yeah. In fact, what we've been trying to do is prepare for the the D-bomb and S-bomb because I think there's a real opportunity where data is going to provide that audit trail so that you can see from end to end, you know, was everything okay? where the, the right temperatures held while it was being processed and things of that nature. So there's a lot of opportunity there, as well as on the security side. Mm. We've been investing quite heavily in making sure that we've got a, a solid security platform So to help on the manufacturing side. Because a lot of folks, the security for manufacturing systems was just air-gapped. So they were, you know, literally plugged into one another, and there was no other way to get at that those systems. But that's changed um, dramatically, and making sure that those are protected, so that you know our food supply and everything is is safe, is extremely important. Wow. Are you
0: seeing a really big gap there in terms of just like the current system and potential ways that it could, you know, fail?
1: Yeah, it's one of those areas that, that folks are, are starting to pay attention to. And I think in, in many cases, it's one of those, you know, that can't happen to us. But you hear all the time about the the ransomware attacks. You know, systems have been brought down. I mean, Honda was brought down yeah. for several days. So it gets scary, particularly when you think about the things that someone could do if they compromise someone's systems. Yeah.
0: So looking you know, 10 years, 20 years, 50 years in the future, like where do you see sightline systems going? Like what's the, like what's the
1: potential? So obviously we wanna have a platform that's uh, easy to use and helping folks um, make their processes better. But at the same time, we see a real opportunity to help um, on the eco side of things. So making the, you know, making the planet a little bit better, um, helping with um, the sustainability in our oceans. The environment. Uh, there's a lot of opportunity, and I think we can help make things better. Very cool. Well, as we kind of wrap up here,
0: was there anything else you'd like to share with our audience?
1: Yeah, if anyone's you know interested to learn more, happy to share, talk about our thoughts on what's going on, give an example. So even if you don't end up with the software, are we you know happy to uh, to learn a little bit more and understand the challenges uh, facing the industry
0: and the best place for them to go would be com, right
1: yep that's our website
0: it's a great website there's a lots of yeah, different information and reports that can be downloaded yeah so well thank you for being on the show brandon really appreciated talking with you and learning more about Sightline systems
1: yeah thanks for having me it was great
0: all right well take good care all right take care Well, thank you so much for listening to our episode today. And a special thanks to Brandon Witte for joining us. Great guest, super knowledgeable, and uh, really encourage all of you to go check out Sightline.com, Sightline systems, and please engage with them. Send them an email, chat with them. They're really great about answering questions and seeing if their system is right for you. So until next time, take good care.